And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Tuesday, August 8th. And we are here trying to help you make better financial decisions. Not the best. Better's fine. Fine enough. Come on. You don't have to go crazy. Sometimes we really do make ourselves insane. And we try to maximize everything. And it, it's not necessarily the case. I have some musings, by the way, just in general. Number one, I just said to my, to Mark, who are you? Mark, I must call you Michael. <laughs> I just said to Mark that um, I had just like picked my head up and I got an email from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And it was just about conforming loan limits. And I had no idea that the level is so high. So if you're in the real estate market, you may be interested to learn that the conforming loan limit is $726,200, That is for one unit properties in low cost areas. But if you're in a very expensive high cost area like Los Angeles County or in Manhattan, the conforming loan limit is over a million bucks. Anyway, we're going to be getting some new numbers in. And this is important because you know what? Mortgage rates are high. And once you go above those conforming loan limits, those interest rates are even higher. So good to know. We may be able to find out some more information about that in the future. And uh, conforming loan limits, even when in real estate prices go down, they never get lowered. So I just learned something, thought I would share that with you. Do you have a question about your loan? Do you have a question about your real estate? Do you have a question about your education funding? Anything going on in your life? We'd love to hear from you. Our website is jillonmoney.com and there's a contact us button. If you click it, you complete the form. You let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. Every so often we have to do some email episodes to really make sure that the shy people get some love. So this is one of those episodes and we hope that those of you who like the real people, don't worry, it happens uh, mostly every day. So uh, it's good to do this though. This is a question from Deborah, whose subject is about life insurance. She writes, my husband received information from an insurance company that a deposit of under $200,000 could earn four and a half percent. Now, 
this is important. It was supposed to be separate from his life insurance and available to withdraw any or all funds at any time with a $25 service fee. The agent confirmed this and the deposit was made. Now we are just finding out they added it to his life insurance policy. They will not refund our money. It's made interest that they want to keep. The only solution they come up for us is to surrender the life insurance policy, accept an amount less than they made than the deposit that was made, or accept my money back and lose my husband's life insurance that he's been paying since 1998. Is this legal? We're getting the runaround from our agent and the higher up people. Can you help, Debbie? Oh, okay. So I think that, first of all, we have to go back and see what, when you say they misrepresented, I wonder if you have anything in writing. That's kind of the key. I mean, the verbal is stinky. And if that happened, I'm very sorry. But if you're getting the runaround, the next step is to basically go up the food chain at the company, and then also go to your state insurance regulator. Insurance is actually regulated state by state. So I don't know where you're from, but that's where they, that's the next place to go to try to get assistance. And again, it may be that it was articulated in a way, but written down differently. So oh, I'm sorry about that. Poor Debbie and her husband just shows you, like, please give us a holler before you sign on the dotted line. Pretty please, pretty please. Okay. This is a question from, let's call this A. Hello, Mark and Jill. I've been listening for less than a year, but I feel you already made a big impact in my life. Oh, that's so nice. I've been learning a lot, hearing clear responses, honest advice to real people. Thank you. As many people, I do have questions about my personal situation. I'm an immigrant came to the U.S. when I was already an adult, got married and then divorced and have a little one that is now seven years old. I'm late to the game because I moved here as an adult. I started from scratch. It's been hard, but I'm making progress. Two questions. Estate planning. One of my 2023 goals is to have this completed before the end of the year. And yet it's already August and I'm still working on it. Confused. I'm sure it's not that complicated. Wrong. It is complicated. Sorry about that, A. It really is. Every time I hear you talk about estate planning, I assumed you were talking about a trust. And then in one of your episodes, you mentioned a trust wasn't necessary, only a will. And that confused me. Why is a will better than a trust? I'm thinking it depends on the person. Okay, here is the answer to the question. Estate planning has all these different documents, but there are three essential documents that every single person will want to create. One is a will. A will is the legal document that is the disposition of your assets. And if you are not married, it may be a little bit more important for you to really spend some time on that will because your money is not passing to a spouse by law. In this case, for you, you would also, because you have a seven-year-old, talk about the the person or people that would be taking care of the, your daughter in the event that something terrible happened to you. So this is very important. That's usually the the real issue with estate planning. People can't figure that out. Who is going to mind my kids after I'm gone? So um, that happens in a will. The other two documents, one is called a healthcare proxy. That assigns someone the right to make a healthcare decision on your behalf if you are unable to do so. And then there is something called a durable power of attorney. That is something that assigns the right to make a 
business decision if you can't do so. So those are your three. And you should absolutely, especially because you're a little confused about this, instead of just doing this online, it would be important for you to go to a qualified estate planning attorney. A trust is usually necessary when there's a little bit more of a complicating factor, but it may not be that you have a a real complicated life. 45 years old, no family in the US, no real estate. I've got a checking and savings account, a high yield savings account, a 401k, HSA, IRAs, brokerage accounts, CDs, and I bonds. The follow-up question is a good amount of term life insurance considering your age. It's not so much your age. It's really about what would be necessary to take care of your daughter in the event that you were to pass away. So what I would encourage you to do is go to our website under the resources section there is uh, there are a bunch of different headers. One says insurance and one is a life insurance calculator. So check that out because we want to make sure you have the right amount of insurance. So I hope that that helps. Thank you so much for that question. But also all of this stuff is particular to people, but there are some general rules of thumb that we do like to keep you, you know, on the straight and narrow for, for like a, a, a solid foundation for your financial life. Okay. Oh boy. Here's Dion. Hello, Jill. I've recently retired and I can no longer afford my timeshare. I'm still paying the monthly payments and the yearly maintenance. We haven't used it in four years. Suggestions. Oh, my story is similar to many others, tempted with a three-day vacation, eight hours of a sales pitch, caving in to something that the small print states is, you know, similar to three days to cancel. Well, we weren't even home to read the small print. We were stuck. My husband says, just stop paying, but we were taught to pay our bills. I own this. It's all my fault. And we're in this mess because I caved. My dad and mother-in-law have passed. The three-day vacation was so tempting. The rest is history. So I think the big problem with just ceasing payments, which is possible, I think that will ding your credit score, won't it? I mean, they could report you. So you can try to donate it. You can try to sell it on a secondary market and you'll get like five shekels. Like really, you won't get much money. But there's not a lot to do about this, unfortunately. I wish there was a better answer on that, Mark. If you just stop paying, it is going to hit your... I think it is going to be a ding. It may not matter to you. If you don't have to borrow money, I guess that doesn't matter. What would you rather do, Mark? Try to give it away? Can you give it to someone? Maybe you could give it to someone who's willing to do it. I don't know. Yeah. Even if even if you take a loss, I, w- I would do it. I would do it just to be done with it. I know. I would too. All right. Uh, here's a question. This is from Isabel, who's also 45. She's got a steady, well-paying job. Also a late to the game kind of person. And I like that Isabel says, I was a spender in my 20s and 30s. She has no money in emergency funds. 160 grand in a 401k, 130 in a whole life policy, $8,000 in Vanguard ETFs and a pension that's getting canceled. Oh, I wonder if it's going to be, maybe it'll turn into a cash balance. Debt, a mortgage of $95,000. 20-year term, which is up in 17 years, car payment, $7,000 in credit card balances. I'm contributing 16% of my my income into a 401k. It's right under the $22,500 maximum. I make $115,000 a year, including bonuses. I've gotten a raise raise of about 2 to 4% per year. 
I don't know what to do about the funds from the pension. It's going to get closed out. I don't know particulars on that. I want to pay off my home with it. No, no, please do not do that. Do not pay off your mortgage. So here's what you're going to do. You're not going to get a check for it. It should be rolled over into an IRA rollover. That's what's going to get done. You can do it right at Vanguard where you have your ETFs. Meanwhile, I don't know why you have Vanguard ETFs. I would sell those immediately, use the proceeds and pay off the car. That's what I would do. Unless the car payment is at like 2% or less. Otherwise, sell off those Vanguard ETFs and put the money into your emergency reserve fund. Your whole life policy, who's your who's the beneficiary of this? Why do you have a whole life policy? Do you need a whole life policy? Maybe you don't. Maybe we could get rid of that and grab the cash balance that's built into that whole life policy and make that your emergency reserve fund. Long story short, all I want you to hear from this mostly is that if you have any ability to get that pension money, do not take it, do not pay the tax, do not pay off your mortgage. Do not, do not, do not. And, you know, frankly, I would probably try to pull that 401k down a little bit. You can probably go back to 12% instead of 16%, help your cash flow, build up the emergency reserve. But if you've got some money that is in cash value in that whole life policy, let's go ahead and grab it. Okay. I hope that has been helpful to you. This is a, uh, again, you get a late start. I don't care. We start where we start, right? And these are the questions that you may be having and they're bubbling up at any time. If you have a question, just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air while you're on the website, sign up for the free weekly newsletter. And don't forget to subscribe to our service. It's called Jill on Money Live next session. I'm so excited for it. Our next webinar is Wednesday, September 13th at 7 p.m. Nate Burleson, co-anchor of CBS Mornings and studio analyst for CBS's The NFL Today Show, will be joining us talking all about the upcoming NFL season. He is adorable. My mother's in love with him, Mark. Just want to let you know that. Uh, okay, check out everything on the website. It's all there. 35 bucks will get you um, a link to great quarterly live webinars and more bonus content like interviews with Mike Quincy from Consumer Reports. He was great. All right. Do not forget to try to put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.